Well, today we'll conclude our study on Psalm 112, at least in terms of looking at it as a study on the, this Lord's Day morning, which we have done for the past few weeks. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something that maybe you could make a passage of Scripture that you continue to look at and read regularly, perhaps daily, because it's so important for us to get this concept, and it's not just a concept, it's an eternal reality and truth, that God's heart is to bless us. God is a good God, and he's in the business of blessing his people. And you know, when you think about it like that, and start to flood your consciousness with that, as we, as we sang in that hymn there, here is love vast as the ocean, and we got that concept of being engulfed with God's loving kindness, and his desire to bless us. Uh, you know, we are what we retain in our consciousness. If you retain dark thoughts, depressing thoughts, uh, thoughts of gloom and despair, if you think that way, then you will become that type of person. But if you think blessing thoughts, that God wants to bless you, that he does bless you, he has blessed you, then you will retain that in your consciousness. And it's so important that we do that, that we remember that he is a good God and that he blesses us. And this psalm goes into it, and he actually talks uh, here in verse 5. He says, A good man showeth favour and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. It's interesting that We've been reading about the blessed man. Blessed is the man. And then the Bible, it doesn't uh, switch tracks. It actually enhances what the word is saying here to say that a blessed man is a good man. Amen? You're, it's, you're good because you're blessed. You're not blessed because you're good because in a sense none of us are good. So it's not, well, all the goody two-shoes will be blessed, but the rest of us, the rogues and the, the rebels and the renegades, which I'd put my hand up to say, well, I'd be classed in that number. If you look in your past, you might say, well, I don't deserve to be blessed. But we're not blessed because we're good. We're good because we've been blessed. We've been blessed with the goodness of God, with the salvation and with being made the righteousness of God in Christ. So we're not good because of our deeds. We're good because God has blessed us and said, you're a good man. But we have to love it out, don't we? So if all we do is spend time uh, doing you know, pointless stuff, futile stuff, then we're not going to really walk in the blessings. But if we spend our time, uh, as I said, in prayer and the word and doing the things of God, coming to church, you know, it's not just doing those things. It's not striving by works to be good, but it's living the life that we're supposed to live. Amen. You know, I've found uh, in recent times that I'll maybe sit down and say, you know, I feel like watching something on TV, maybe a film or something, and I'll go and put it on and I just can't be bothered. And, you know, it's just, well, this is a waste of my time. As I get older, I, I think that. Uh, but also because of the times we live in. We live in evil times. So I would far rather spend my time 
uh, maybe uh, meditating God's word or whatever else. And I counsel you that you'll get far more out of life by doing that. So a good man, a good man shows favour and lends. Um, and he will guide his affairs with discretion. I think I've probably touched on this, but I will do it again. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17. Uh, you can go there if you want, but I'll read it out to you anyway. It says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. What that means is, is that if you pity people who are poor, when you give to them, then the Lord treats that as you have given him a loan. Isn't that amazing? How many believe that God doesn't pay his debts? Think about that. If the Lord says, you know when you gave that person that sandwich, when you gave that person that money to pay their electric bill, or whatever it is, I treated that as a loan. I had some angel take note of that, and it's in my accounts. So I'll need to pay you back. And how many know that when God pays back, he doesn't pay back just what he owes. He treats it as, well, I need to multiply it. God is a multiplier. So it's a good thing. You know, and we all do it. We maybe walk by beggars in the street and we see them with their designer trainers on and their mobile phone that's better than ours. And we know that there's a lot of con jobs, okay? And, and I'm not saying you should give to every beggar. Um, although the Bible does says give to all that ask, which is a good reason to maybe fill your pockets up with two peas, okay? But uh, however you interpret that, okay, I'm not one for giving to people who are, who are conning me, if I'm being honest. And of course you can say, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to give you money, but I'll go and buy you something at Greg's, and then you'll find out if they're a con or not. Because if you get a mouthful, you know they're a con. Amen? But anyway, the point being... That people who are genuinely in need. That's what we need to focus our attention on. And when we do that, God multiplies back to us what we give. And, you know, the, the liberal person, the person who gives freely, is the person. And I've, seen, I've even seen it with people who aren't Christians. I think of two particular men that I have known in life who were very generous and always gave to people and always... You know, they just had soft hearts that way. They never lacked for anything, these men. I mean, you know, they could fall in the cloud and come out with a bag of money. Why? Because, they, and they weren't even Christians. But they always were prosperous. They always, money always came to them. Because they were generous and they, they hated to see people in need without doing something about it. So... Let's be a good man or a good lady or a good woman or whatever and show favour and lend. And the lending here, I believe, is lending to the Lord because he will pay you back. And it says he will guide his affairs with discretion. Part of being blessed is that you have this wisdom to control and handle your affairs. And if you say, well, I don't have that, then believe God for it. Believe God to say, I'm a blessed man, I'm a blessed woman, and I guide my affairs with discretion. And that's a big thing because very often, if we're not good at handling things, handling our affairs, and not just financial affairs, uh, we say, well, I didn't handle that situation well. Uh, I should have said this, I should have done that. But if you're blessed of the Lord, then you 
will be a person. If you believe for it and receive it by faith, you will be somebody. People say, you know, they always handle things well. They always do well by other people. They always seem to have everything together and they never get uh, caught off guard or whatever. All these things, brothers and sisters, are ours uh, as blessed men and women. Then it says, and this is a good one, Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. You know, um, I think I was singing it yesterday at Arise. I started singing, We shall not, we shall not be moved. You know that old, it is a chorus, but of course, uh, football fans sing it as well. And it's a kind of folk song, isn't it? We shall not, we shall not. You imagine the seekers or someone like that standing with their sandals on, around the campfire, we shall not be moved, all that sort of hippie stuff. But it's a scripture. He shall not be moved. The blessed man shall not be moved. And in this day and age right now, that's a wonderful thing. Because there's so much, I have seen people, the most solid, rock-solid Christians even. People are, as I said, the people of immovable faith. They've really taken a wobble the last couple of years with all this business that's going on with COVID and so on. And all the unrest, civil unrest, violence, and just one thing after another. But it says if you're a blessed man, if you're a blessed woman, you will not be moved forever. You will be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, cannot be shaken. You could say, the world might be shaken, and the Bible tells us it will be, but you won't be. Why? Because you're blessed. And we need to start saying to, to ourselves, I'm blessed, I can't be moved, I can't be shaken. Okay, and it's not because you're so strong, it's because the one who is strong, the everlasting arms. When you're leaning on the everlasting arms, brothers and sisters, you'll not be moved. Just like a tree that is planted by the waterside, or as some would say, not by the Hibs, the Hearts, or the Celtic. <laughs> Amen? We shall not be moved. So there we are. Praise God. Then it says, and, and this is a wonderful one too. The, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Sometimes we get evil tidings or bad news. or And in the form of, guess what they're going to do next? You know, and a lot of that is, is about the present situation. Oh, they're going to lock us down again. Or, oh, there's going to be food shortages in the shops. Or, oh, guess what they're going to do next? And sometimes that's informed information. Sometimes these things are leaked out to the newspapers by the government or so on. But the point is, it's not the evil tidings. It's your response. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. The blessed man, the blessed woman, will not be afraid when they hear, guess what's coming? Or guess what I heard? And very often, sometimes, you know, I actually, during the week there, heard two rumours about the same person. Two separate rumours about the same person. And the first one turned out to be true. But the second one was 
with rubbish. So the response of the blessed man or the blessed woman is that we're not afraid. Fear doesn't enter in, even if it's bad news, evil tidings. Whether it's a rumour, whether it's truth, makes no difference. We shall not be moved. Okay, that bad stuff might happen. It won't budge me one bit. won't change my faith one bit. won't change my attitude one bit. The world is crying out for people like that. People who can't be moved. And sometimes they call it stubborn. But I would rather be righteously stubborn than blown about like a wind, tossed to and fro, and certainly blown about by fear and evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, let your heart be fixed, trusting in the Lord. That is the correct uh, attitude, that is the correct mindset, and it's a godly one, and you get fixed in trusting the Lord when you trust in his word. Then it says his, his heart, just again saying the same things, his heart is established. His heart is established. Let yourself be established. Let your heart be established. Let your inner man be established. Which means be at peace at all times. Listen, people, things will happen. Things will come to shake you. Things, bad news, evil tidings. These things will happen. But if you're already established, if your heart is already fixed, trusting in the Lord, then whatever happens will not budge you one bit. You may get a little bit of, oh, but don't let it become that you become a quivering wreck. Be an established believer. He shall not be afraid. There it is again. The blessed man does not live in fear. The blessed man does not live in fear. So be a blessed man. Don't live in fear. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. You know, if you're a blessed man and you stay free from fear, you will see your desire upon your enemies. Now, I'm not talking about people, but sometimes people make themselves your enemies. And if they oppose you, particularly if they oppose you for being a Christian or they oppose you for what you, you, you carry in the Lord or, or stand for in the Lord, God will deal with them. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So don't get all vengeful. Just leave it up to him. And when you do, trust me, you see it time and time again. God will deal with the people who come against you. You will see your desire upon your enemies. But when you think about enemies, it's just beyond those folks that maybe personally are hostile to you. But our enemies right now are governments, aren't they? Our enemies are hostile media. Our enemies here in Scotland, the stand that we take for the faith is being challenged many, many times. You know, we, we've had, this church has been uh, vand uh, vandalised, spray paint, stickers, you name it. And in times past, a whole lot worse than that. But since I've been here, we've had a little bit of that. And those people, we're not enemies to these people. Those doors are open to all to come and hear the gospel. And a lot of the stuff they think goes on, and I think they think we're all, you know, walking about marching to the sash my father wore and everything. Because when they see foundry boys, they think it's some kind of Protestant, you know, uh, apprentice boys or something like that. But this, these doors are open to all who want to come and hear the gospel. 
Protestant, Catholic, Hindu, Sikh, Muslim. And we will not compromise our message just because people are of another faith. We preach Christ crucified. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're not about mixture. We're not about, um, you know, all, all, all gods are the same and all that. We're not about that. We stand for truth. We stand for the Lord Jesus. And we're not afraid. And if people choose to be our enemies, we don't want that. But if they do, we'll see our desire upon our enemies. But remember what the Bible says. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Against, maybe you could say systems, institutions, but particularly spiritual beings of wickedness, the devil and so on. But we will not be afraid, despite all that. Then it says, so the blessed man does not live in fear. The blessed man has a heart for the poor. If you're a blessed man, you will have a heart for the poor. It says, verse 9, he hath dispersed. He hath dispersed. If you're a blessed man, you will be a disperser. That's one of the things that I have enjoyed about pastoring in this church is that there has always been that ethos of uh, fundraising or collecting for charities as we have done for various ones. We did it for Samaritan Purse. Uh, we've done it for the Lodging House and, and, and loads of other ones. And I know some of you that you're very much into all that. He hath dispersed the blessed man. It says he hath given to the poor. Amen. And we've seen that. And I know in times past, this church has a history of that. And there's that ethos or spirit of them, giving to the poor. And it says, his righteousness endureth forever, his horn shall be exalted with honor. You see, there's a connection between righteousness and giving to the poor. It's not that giving to the poor makes you righteous. It's not that, oh, well, I've given to the poor. Uh, I give to Oxfam or I give all the time to charity. So I'm righteous. It's not that at all. Here's what it is. I've been made righteous by the blood of Christ. And in my heart, I've got a desire to give to the poor. Amen. Let's not pretend that one is cause and the other's effect. The true cause is we're right with God. And so therefore, our hearts filled with his spirit mean that we want to be people who bless the poor. His horn shall be exalted with honor. That simply means that... <clears throat> You will have honour and standing in the community. And I believe that when you are people who give to the poor, you know, and, and I have to say, I believe this church, again, has a reputation, as we know, a global one. People all over the world remember their days in the Foundry Boys because we've always had that here. But I'm saying we, but the folks that have been here for all these decades, will know that there's always been that, giving to the poor or having a heart for people less fortunate, or collecting, or fundraising, or whatever. His horn shall be exalted with honour. If you want honour, if you want to be thought well of, then be a blessed man, and somebody who gives to the poor, who disperses. It's not that these things make you righteous, but you do these things because you're righteous, and yet God rewards. God is a rewarder. 
And God is somebody who is always looking and scanning to see who has a heart for the poor. If you read, particularly Psalm 72, we, we, we sometimes emphasize a lot about kings. But if you read what the Bible says about kings, it's not, well, kings are supposed to set themselves up in palaces and not care about the folks that they rule over. They have to have a heart for the poor. Over and over, God says it. So, it's all connected, folks. Okay, let's be people who have a heart for the poor. And I have to say this, I've said it before, it may well be that finding genuinely poor people is not as easy as it used to be. Because there are a lot of people who would identify as the poor, but they've got bigger tellies than you and I. They've got designer gear. They've got, um, you know, better phones, better clothes. Like I said, there's a whole industry, we know that, I know that for a fact, there's a whole industry in Glasgow that there are actually beggar gangs. And the beggars go out and they beg in the street, they get all this money, but they give it to gangsters. But they get weighed in too. You know, and I'll never forget sitting one day and, and this became an embarrassment. Remember the big issue? So they still do it, I believe. But it became very embarrassing to the big issue people that were producing it, publishing it, because they had all these armies of people going out on the street selling the big issue. And you could sell, I think they gave them 30 at a time. That's they used to give them 30 at a time. And it was a pound or something, wasn't it? Or a donation. Dona people would give a minimum of a pound. Well, these big issue sellers who were supposed to be people lifted out of beggary and so on, which is fine, I have no problem with that. But they were getting 50 pence an issue. And if you got a good pitch in the, the centre of Glasgow, you could sell your 30 big issues in 10 minutes, which is £15 an hour. So some of the people that were given to these big issue sellers, they weren't earning £10 or £15 an hour. And of course, the media picked up on that. And then they, what they did was they actually they stopped because what the person would do, they just sold the 30. They'd go straight into the office and get another 30. And that's, you know, they're maybe making £100 a day without just standing for an hour and a half. So they actually put a curb on it and says that once you've sold your 30, I think they had to wait two hours before they could get another 30. And we don't grudge. But the point is, it's not always easy to identify genuinely poor people, but if we pray and ask God to show us, and of course, things like these charities, the Glasgow City Mission, the Lodging House Mission, they are dealing with poor folks. But, you know, we were friendly with the manager of the Lodging House Mission, and we've had them here to speak, and they would say, there isn't a homeless person in Glasgow that ever needs to go hungry, because there are so many places they can go for a free meal. But nonetheless, and of course the other thing is that poverty isn't always financial, is it? You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have peace, if you don't know the Lord, you know, you're as poor as a beggar in the streets. Maybe not physically or materially poor, but you're still poor of spirit. And some people who are so bound by worry because they've got money and they worry. I, I remember a, a guy I knew once 
And he was a, quite a dour person anyway. This was guy was very, very dour. But he was, for a wee while, more dour than normal. Okay? And he, by the way, his normal dour was high-level dour. Okay? I don't know how I ever saw him smile. But I remember someone saying to him, Wait, what's the matter with your face? What's your face tripping you for? And he said, and he was totally genuine because I knew this guy and I knew his financial condition. He said, I'm down to my last couple of million. That's what he said. And he, he was, and I knew his financial situation because he'd invested quite a bit of money and the investment hadn't really done much. So he's, and he was down to his last couple of, now, what he'd invested would eventually go up in value. Okay, so it wasn't that it was lost forever. It was just that he'd invested so much expecting to get far more. And of course, the investment had gone down and he was down to his last couple of million. And I knew the house he lived in had been in it. Marble floors. I knew the car he drive. He imported a new car from America every couple of years. And he was miserable because he was down to his last couple of million. Would you like that misery? Right now? Would you like to be that miserable? Amen? But that's just what I'm saying is that you can be poor in here. He saw that he was failing because he only had a couple of million left. So it's all about perspective. So poverty is not always that you don't have money. It's about what, what's in here. Then it says, and this is the good one. So the blessed man has a heart for the poor. Verse 10, it says, The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Have you ever dealt with people who, you, they're not living the lifestyle you're living. They're not, they don't know the Lord. They're living a, maybe a wicked or wild or whatever lifestyle or they sow wild oats or whatever and they seem to be everything they touch turns to gold and they're happy and you're maybe struggling well fret not myself because of evildoers the bible says there's coming a time when they will see that you overtake them and they'll be grieved he shall gnash with his teeth this is the wicked not the blessed man the wicked man and melt away the desire of the wicked shall perish. The blessed man overtakes and outlives the wicked. That's the great truth. Just let your heart be fixed trusting in the Lord. And all those maybe who mocked you, scorned you, scoffed your faith. Or whatever it is. They will, you will see them. You're not going to take pleasure in it. I can tell you that, you won't. But they reap what they sow. Just let you reap what you sow. So sow these good things into your heart, sow these good things into your life, and eventually you'll come out on top, particularly against those who oppress or persecute you. So that's the blessed man, folks. We see all these great things. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his word. His seed, remember we looked at that, your children, your descendants, your grandchildren, will be mighty on the earth, they'll be blessed. You'll have wealth and riches in your house, kingdom wealth for the purpose of blessing others. And light will arise through the darkness, and you will be somebody who guides your affairs with discretion, gives to the poor, has a heart for those less fortunate. And eventually, sooner or later, you will come out on top in life. So please continue to read Psalm 112 in your private.
and daily devotions. And the Lord bless you. Let's now bow our heads and pray. Father, we just thank you for these wonderful truths. That, Lord, that we are blessed. Not that we can be blessed. We are blessed. But that we can walk in it. We can function from it. We can see great blessing in our lives. And, Lord, we're blessed to be a blessing. We know that. So help us, Father. I pray for every person in this room right now that you, they would know your blessing in mighty measure and that, Lord, that they would be blessed to be a blessing and continue and make blessing a viral thing for them. In Jesus' name. Amen.